The Zaddy Zone, welcome to the Zaddy Zone, Zaddy Zone, welcome to the Zaddy Zone. What's up, sexy Zaddies? Let's talk red light. Do you have wrinkles? Yes, I do. Sore muscles? Yes, I do. Psoriasis, eczema, scoliosis, migraines, sleep problems, arthritis, acne, scar tissue, wound healing needs? Well, Red light therapy could be very, very helpful to you. I've been using red light for many years now, and I recently got myself a handy mini red light from Bond Charge. It's about the size of my palm. You may have seen I put it on my stories. I, um, I put it on my face, I put it on my chest, and I put it on my balls. I had lots of questions from a lot of people the other day when I put a story up of me with this thing in my pants. Anyway, it's amazing for testosterone and hormone health if you're interested, but it's amazing for a lot of things. 10 to 20 minutes each day. It contains both near-infrared and red light. It's designed in Australia. It's sleek, beautiful, lightweight design. They come in a range of sizes. There's the Mini, which I've got. There's a slightly bigger one than that, which is the Demi. And then there's the Max and the Super Max, which is designed to hit the whole body at once. Bond Charge. Ship worldwide in rapid time. Easy returns and exchanges. 12 months warranty on all red light devices. But Bond Charge don't just do red light therapy. They do low blue light bulbs, perfect for nighttime, you know, by your bed type lamps, blue light blocking glasses, EMF protection products, infrared sauna blankets. So if you're looking into those, instead of getting a big sauna, which costs like $5,000, these ones are much more cost effective. And, and, and blackout sleep masks, super handy stuff. Go to bondcharge.com forward slash zaddy and use coupon code zaddy to save 15% off. That's bondcharge, B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash zaddy to save 15%. XOXO, zaddy. Well, I have Dave Asprey, the father of biohacking, here today, four times New York Times best-selling science and nutrition author, renowned tech innovator, and the award-winning entrepreneur behind countless health and wellness companies, including Bulletproof. Dave is a huge part of the reason why I am a biohacker, why I shine lights on my testicles, why I do all kinds of weird things. Uh, so it's so great to finally have him here. Dave is releasing his highly anticipated new book, Smarter, Not Harder, The Biohacker's Guide to Getting the Body and Mind You Want. And he's here to talk to me about it today. G'day, Dave. I'm still stuck on the fact that I'm shining lights on your testicles. I, 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 thank you. Not you personally. You know, <laughs> thank goodness. Just generally. <laughs> generally. I, I, I want to start here because I think it's one of the most interesting things about you. When I tell people about you, I always say he wants to live to 180 and he really believes that he can do it. Is that still a goal? It's at least 180. I don't want to limit myself. Yeah, nor should you. <laughs> what do you like? What do you foresee your body looking like when you get to 180? Like, don't you think you look like a Benjamin Button, like baby-sized old man? Then I haven't done a very good job of aging, have I? Right. So I would like my body to look as good or better than it does now, <laughs> and for my brain to function way better than mm. it does now. Uh, because, well, I'll have had only another hundred and whatever, 30 something years to, to grow my brain capacity. Mm. And there's this weird W word that people seem to have forgotten. It's called wisdom. And that's why so much of the reason I can be a biohacker, the reason I could start biohacking as a movement is that I learned how to do it from people three times my age who are the very first group of people 
in modern times to do radical anti-aging. Mm. So when I was 26, my favorite board member, Mike, was 88 years old, and he could run circles around me because he had more energy than I did. I'm like, mm. holy crap, if Mike can do it, I can do it. Yes. And I learned so much from, from my elders. When I'm 180, I'm going to know a lot of cool shit, and I'm going to share it with everybody. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because we often think of aging as degenerating. We think as we get older, our minds will get worse. Not, and you're not saying, in my universe, not at yes, all. You're yeah. saying your mind's going to expand. It, it sure as hell has so far. I, I was kind of a zombie in my 20s. And I can say that I was also very successful in my career, but it was out of desperation. And yeah, I, have, I have a better brain now than ever in my life. Let's talk a bit about that, about where you started. You used to weigh over 300 pounds. Is that correct? I never weighed over 300 pounds. I weighed 300 pounds. Okay. I mean, people are always like, hey, he was, he's a billionaire. I'm like, actually, no. <laughs> that would be nice to try sometime, but that's not my goal. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I hit, and, and technically, and I've talked about this before, I hit 297 pounds naked. Uh, which counts as 300 pounds, if you ask me, because usually I wasn't naked. So there you go. <laughs> they had a 46-inch waist. Wow. Yeah, I'm 32 today. Wow, sensational. And your biological age is is getting lower and lower all the time? My you... biological age is 11 and a quarter years younger than my chronological age. Wow. Okay. So, and what do you attest that to mostly? It's, I mean, you're, you, you are really living the full lifestyle here. We're not talking about somebody who's just doing it part-time. I mean, I created the lifestyle, so yeah, I, I live it as much as I, as I know how. Yeah. But I also I fly an inordinate amount. I'm on stages all over the world mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Uh, but even when I travel, I'm just taking steps to protect my mitochondria, my energy production. Really, my brain and my energy are what I care about the most. Uh, I'm about 8% body fat now. Wow. <laughs> and that is a side effect of what I'm doing. And I'm sure I like having abs or whatever, but that's mm-hmm. not the goal. I just want to be lean enough and have enough muscle to live a very long time and feel great all the time. And so I'm quite happy with all of those things. But I do everything that you can do that doesn't take too much time. The reason I wrote Smarter Not Harder is that I got to the point where I had a million dollar lab at my house. Every piece of tech, some of them more expensive than a Tesla, even a nice Tesla, um, that would make me younger, that would make me stronger, that would make me smarter, that would make my cells more powerful. And I said, well, I, I really ought to share this. So I took my collection of these things and I opened Upgrade Labs in Santa Monica, where you've been. Mm-hmm. It's underneath Arnold Schwarzenegger's office about eight years ago. And it created a new type of business called a biohacking lab. Mm-hmm. And people have, have got little kind of mom and pop versions of this popping up all over the place, uh, globally even. And I realized, though, after eight years of doing this and testing dozens of pieces of equipment, I could spend my whole life upgrading myself and not do anything else. Like literally, you could spend 18 hours a day upgrading yourself. You're like, wow, I wish I had a date or something. But no, you have to go do some kind of ice bath and you know shine light on your testicles in the water and not electrocute yourself. <laughs> so uh, what it comes down to is I had to pick some goals. Mm. And I had to figure out what are the technologies, the techniques, what's the, the knowledge that's going to allow me to get my goal in the smallest amount of time. And that's what the book is about. It's like, you got to pick your target. And then what are the things that work so much better than what you think works that it's not even on the same planet? Uh, we're talking about, oh, you wanted to get your cardiovascular goals met maybe. What if you could do it in like 5% of the time you think it takes? Would you do it? Mm-hmm. And what I've learned over time is I'm the laziest person you'll ever meet. 
Um, and yeah. I say that, you know, <laughs> I, I haven't done all the math. I don't even have all the numbers, but I'm pretty sure Bulletproof has passed a half a billion dollars in lifetime revenue. Wow. And it's changed a lot of people's lives. Yes. And I'm so lazy. Yes. Right? And all this other, the other eight companies, the, this will be my fifth New York Times bestseller. The reason that I'm talking about laziness is that laziness is part of our hardware. There's an mm. idea called the meat operating system in the book. Mm. And so this is all the stuff your body does that it doesn't tell you about. And one of the things it does is it says, hmm, you might run out of energy today and there might not be enough food. Therefore, the couch looks really sexy right now. If you just lay on the couch, then you know you won't die of a famine. And then we feel guilty about that. Yeah. But that same desire to not do stuff Let's see. It's why we invented cars instead of horses, because it was hard to shovel the horse crap. So mm -hmm. someone's, I, I'm done with that. I want to lay on the couch. I'll just build a car. So all of our cool innovations, all of them have come about from our bodies not wanting to do work. But we've all been feeling guilty about that. Right. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to say it. I actually don't want to work out. Yes. I just want the results of working out. I want to feel great. I want to look good. I just don't want to do it because I have other things I like more. Yes. Right. Like this is, this is more fun than working out. <laughs> it just is. Yes. And now some people are hearing this going, Dave's a lazy bastard. Okay, fine. Whatever. I'm a successful lazy bastard because yeah. I've harnessed laziness in a, in a very tactical way. And here's how you do it. You ever uh, go out uh, w with someone who comes home and goes, I just saved $400 on this handbag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many times has that same person said, I just spent some amount of money on the handbag? Mm. They don't say that. It's because your meat operating system, it highlights savings as being way more valuable than spending. Because spending is hard. Spending energy, spending time, spending money. But saving time, mm. ooh, that's sexy. Yeah. And, and the body's into that. Mm. So what I teach people to do in Smarter Not Harder is, how would you actually motivate yourself by rewarding laziness. And you, people are going, that doesn't make any sense, but it does. Because with what I'm going to teach you here, you can pick a target and say, I'm going to get there in a tiny fraction of the time. So instead of saying, I did something hard for six minutes, you're saying, I just saved 50 minutes yeah. of sitting in a spin class with like some sweaty instructor yelling at me over and over again. You can pedal, you can pedal. I actually don't want to do that. I, I really don't. Yes. In fact, I wanted to sit and just like have some coffee and like sit in the sun and like sun parts of me that don't normally see the sun. I'd just rather do that. Yes. Uh, so celebrating the savings mm -hmm. will motivate you more than doing the work. Mm -hmm. And it kind of makes me a little bit tired. You, you see some of our, you know, our fellow bros are like, mm, the, you know, pounding their chest. I'm going to go, I'm going to lift all these rocks and I'm going <laughs> to like full power to you. Like I right. respect that on one level. On the other level, like I just want to look like I lifted the rocks. Right. I want the resilience. Yes. I want the power, I want the strong tendons and ligaments. Mm -hmm. But seriously, I don't want to wake up at four in the morning. I don't want to sweat all over myself and take pictures of it. I just don't. Yes. So if you're like me, <laughs> great. But if you love waking up and you get the endorphins and you're like actually addicted mm -hmm. to, to beating yourself up, you know, writing a hundred miles a day or whatever you do, I respect that a lot because that's what makes you happy. Yeah. You also could actually just get some heroin because it's the same receptors and you could save a lot of time with heroin. Okay. I'm just, <laughs> I'm totally teasing you, but, but it is, it's an opiate thing. Sure. And I do have uh, friends, even family members. Like if I don't go for at least a four mile run today, I can't stand my life. And right. they're standing there, they're jonesing. They're like, normally yes. you'd be like hitting, hitting your veins to shoot them up. But instead they're like, I just got to put on my shoes. I got to go run. Right. Like, I don't know if that's healthy. I'm pretty sure it's not. 
Yeah, and something's got command over your life at that point. Yeah. Like, it's like, that's how I feel when I don't exercise for about an hour a day. I'm like, oh, I feel like I haven't got anything done. But I've got plenty done. I just didn't get the hour done in the gym. So right. let's talk about an hour in the gym. Okay. What have you got instead of uh, me doing an right. hour in the gym? Do I, have you got something else? I do indeed. So if you were to go to Upgrade Labs, the one in Santa Monica, the one in Beverly Hills, or we're opening franchises across the country. Mm-hmm. So there's dozens of them in, in the works right now. You can go to ownandupgradelabs.com and open your own Upgrade oh Labs. God. It's a franchise and it's oh totally happening. We're selling franchises right now. Yeah. So what I do is I go to Upgrade Labs and I say, all right, what are my five goals? And Smarter Not Harder, the book is is broken down into these five big goals. This is what everyone in the last eight years coming in, including uh, you, including you know, lots of well-known people come in. I just want to be healthy. It doesn't mean anything. So mm-hmm. I boiled it down. There's five big categories and two subcategories that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. The first one is I want more strength. I needed some muscles. Okay. That's a separate goal than cardiovascular performance. In fact, if you want to look like you run marathons, you're not going to look like you pick up rocks because you can't do both. You got to pick one. Right. Marathoners are kind of stringy, yep. right? And the other guys are more buff and have healthier hormone levels unless they overtrain. Right? Sure. So there you go. But those are just two. So, so I wanted strength, cardio. Uh, another major one that people didn't used to talk about is I want my brain to work better. Yeah. Like I, I want my memory. I want those thoughts. I want the creativity. I just want to be quick. Yes. We can actually train that now. Another one is I want my energy back, right? And that is exactly the same as I want to lose weight. Yes. <laughs> because when you're, when you're like I was at 300 pounds, your cells are putting electricity into storing fat instead of into having energy. Right. So if you're just tired all the time, that was me. I actually had chronic fatigue syndrome. Okay. And then the final one is, is a new one on the list of things that you can get. And this one is resilience or stress management and yeah. for the first time ever just last year more people said they wanted to manage their stress than lose weight and that's because of our government's incredibly wise response uh, to a virus that clearly and, and definitively benefited everyone through uh, forced lockdowns right right yes. so i just want to make sure to our ai overlords that i welcome you uh so i'm sorry what was i saying <laughs> Well, I, outside of this door right here, I have a Carol bike yep. and I've been working out for about five minutes every morning, which is, feels like my cardio for the day done. It Instead is. of going for a half an hour run or a 45 minute run, what Ulrich, the owner of, of Carol is suggesting is that I can get that done in five minutes. And you have Carol bikes at the Upgrade Labs, don't you? Oh, we do. In fact, we have some customizations to them even. And... What's interesting is I write about Carol as one of the many technologies in Smarter Not Harder that illustrates this thing called slope of the curve biology. Mm. And we like to think, in fact, we like to think this because our bodies are lazy. We'll talk about that for a minute. So to fully consider something, whatever it is, it actually takes a lot of energy. You know, I'm just going to set aside 20 minutes. I'm just going to ponder. Maybe I'll journal. Maybe I'll draw some pictures. Maybe I'll do some research. And you really think about something you might come up with a different answer than if you just said, I don't know, I I kind of think that one. And we're wired to say, I kind of think that. And we have all these intellectual shortcuts so our brains don't have to think hard because, hey, they're lazy. They're lazy not because we're lazy. They're lazy because they're wired that way. Yes. So one of the biggest shortcuts that destroys our health, the one that, that made me work out for 702 hours, 90 minutes a day, six days a week when I was fat, that's what motivated me to write Smarter Not Harder. And it was this. If something is good, more of it must be better. So in my own story, 
I'm in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. Nothing is more important than losing the weight because I've had two knee surgeries. It sucks to have a screw in your bone. I'm like, I will never have another surgery. I'm going to get strong. I'm going to lose the weight. So half weights, half cardio, 90 minutes, Monday through Saturday, no matter what. Doesn't matter if I'm sick. Doesn't matter if I miss a date. Doesn't matter if I have to tell my boss I'm leaving. Like, this is what I do. And I went on a low-fat, low-calorie diet. And at the end of that time, I still had a 46-inch waist. I could max out all but two of the machines, but I was still fat. And I'm sitting at Carl's Jr. with my friends, and they're all thinner than I am. And they're all eating French fries and and onion rings and Western bacon cheeseburgers. I'm like, I'll have the chicken salad. No dressing, please. Oh, and no chicken. Too many calories. And and, and I'm like ravenously hungry all the time and just like leaning into the hunger. Yeah, it feels good that I'm hungry. Like I'm just going to go to the gym. I know I'm going to lose weight. Meanwhile, like I've been doing this for a year and a half and I am not losing weight, but I just became convinced of this Mm -hmm. because I went for the shortcut of thinking. Well, slope of the curve biology says that it's not the amount of work that we do that causes change. And across all of the domains I just talked about, what causes change is how quickly we can turn on a signal to the body. And most importantly, how quickly we can turn off the signal. So when you do this, like, oh, I had to go from zero to a thousand back to zero quickly. The reason this works so well is that if you do what most of us do, well, I, you know, I warmed up a little bit. Then I went for a sprint for like one minute until I was really tired. And then I just pegged myself at like 70 or 80% as long as I could go. Mm. What you're telling the body is you're going to get pushed as hard as you can go. And then you won't have time to recover. And so the body's, all right, I'll put all my energy into making sure that I have a stress response to all of this work, but not a recovery response. Mm. What I'm proposing is that whether you're doing meditation faster, whether you're doing Um, strength training, whether you're doing cardio, whether you're doing brain training, all of these things, it's a brief, intense, different than high intensity interval training, a brief, intense signal that almost breaks you, but doesn't. Mm. And then a incredibly rapid return to normal state. And when you do that, the body's like, Oh, I didn't break, but I might have to do that again. I got plenty of resources to reconfigure myself. Why don't I just do that? And the rate of change is so incredibly fast, Mm. but you're not doing most of this in your conscious brain. You're hacking your meat operating system, which is another big principle in the book. Yeah. Tell me about this meat operating system. It has nothing to do with actual meat. It has to do with your tissues, your meat. Oh, our meat. Yeah. You meat sack you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just a bag full of organs. Tell me about that. Well, if I was to snap my fingers, you hear it like the speed of sound or something, but you hear it right away, right? Mm -hmm. That's actually not reality. So if we went to my neuroscience company, it's 40 years of Zen, we glued electrodes to your head and we had a little stopwatch, a very accurate one between the amount of time when I snap my fingers before your brain gets a tiny electrical signal that anything happened, mm-hmm. not before you understand it was a finger snap, but just like the signal gets there. There's a third of a second delay if you have a normal brain. And if you have an 18 year old brain or an upgraded brain, it's a quarter second. Wow. So your meat operating system has a third of a second where it can do whatever it wants and you can't see it. And it's doing it right now as you listen to this. That's kind of scary. Yeah. Okay. Also, if that's not enough to convince you, and by the way, that measure that I'm talking about is called P300D. It's a common neuroscience measure. Mm -hmm. It's called an evoked potential. Mm -hmm. So the other thing is in the middle of each of your eyes, there's about a dime sized blind spot. You ever see that blind spot? I wouldn't know where that is. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how we know. How do we know? Well, it's called a blind spot for a reason because you can't see it. Right. 
but literally right in the middle of each eye. Mm -hmm. And there's things you can go to if you go to an eye doctor where they have you look at a pattern of dots and you're Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, the ones in the middle are going away. Yeah. Holy. And you realize your meat operating system is editing reality so that you can't see things it doesn't want you to see. Right. And the definition of biohacking, when I first started the movement, when I first wrote it, it was the art and science of changing the environment around you and inside of you so you have full control of your own biology. Mm. You change the environment around you and inside of you because your meat operating system will dynamically shift based on what it perceives. Mm. So it hacks your reality, but you get to hack its reality. Makes sense? You're blowing my mind. <laughs> That's why it was worth writing a book about. Yes. So, so how do we hack our meat operating systems reality well it listens to the environment around us so i could tell it you know what ice age might come anytime and it goes oh really let me make a lot more mitochondria for you i mean well, what we do we walked into an upgrade labs went into a three minute cryotherapy chamber mm-hmm. or we had a cold plunge which takes you know 10 minutes in a shower or maybe just when you were taking your shower you use the cold water thing i've been talking about for 10 years where the cold water hits your forehead and chest or there's a new hack in the book that's even faster and less work. This is all about everything in the book is accessible level, mm-hmm. yep. relatively affordable, and then crazy billionaire level. Yes. And I just accumulate the crazy billionaire stuff at Upgrade Labs, and you just buy a membership, so you don't have to buy a million dollars worth of gear. Yeah. The coolest thing about cold therapy is if you don't have the time, say what I used to do in the early days, drive to the store, buy four or five big bags of ice, put them in the trunk of the car, drive mm. home. Uh, open the trunk, leave it open to dry out from all the melty water so yeah. it doesn't mold. <laughs> Take the ice, bring it in, throw away the plastic bags, let the water chill in the tub a little bit that mm-hmm. I filled up at some point. Then finally I sit down and for whatever, 10 minutes of ice. It took me an hour right. and it cost me 40 bucks. Yeah, That's not very sustainable mm-hmm. for anyone. We're just not going to do it because the friction's too high. So now, fortunately, there are technology ways to do it. But the easiest way that's accessible for everyone is you take a salad bowl as big as your face, mm-hmm. which means like a vegan salad bowl. Then you have really right. big bowls because <laughs> vegan food never, never ever fills you up. But <laughs> yes, <laughs> you put an inch or two of water in it, put it in the freezer overnight. And the next morning, there's going to be a big block of ice in the bottom. Put water on top of it and just let it melt. So the water is really cold. Mm-hmm. And then you take a deep breath and you stick your face in the water. Mm. Now, most people just freezing your face. This is where the most temperature receptors are. Mm, yeah. You're looking at... Maybe eight seconds before headache. Oh, it's like eating a snow cone. I can't handle it. Yeah. yeah all right, that's fine. The next day, though, you'll maybe get 30 seconds. Yeah. And then you say, Dave's still a jerk. I got a headache. This sucks. Yeah. Okay. Fourth day, you might make a minute if you can hold your breath that long or you just come out, take a breath and go back in. Yeah. And the fourth day, like, I actually feel amazing. My sleep quality went up. Mm. What happens is three days of cold exposure, especially on your face, uh, it changes levels of something called cardiolipin, which is in your mitochondrial membrane. Mm. And what you realize is that your meat operating system is largely driven by ancient bacteria that have taken over our bodies. They're an integral part of our bodies. Mm. They think that we are a Petri dish and they're adjusting their Petri dish yeah, to do yeah. what they want. Yep. And they're going, oh man, my Petri dish might get really cold. So we're going to reconfigure ourselves so that we don't think we're going to die every time it gets cold for a minute. Yeah. And when they do that, you don't get a headache and you don't get the stress of that. And then all of a sudden, you know what? I 
guess it might get cold anytime. Let's just reconfigure ourselves to be more powerful all the time in case that happens again. And like, right. ha ha, I hacked you little bastards. Right, right. That, that's one of the many ways you can hack them. Yeah, so this is, I mean, essentially what you just discussed with the salad bowl and the ice is a cheapest version of cryotherapy that Absolutely. you can find that anybody could really do. That's the idea. Everything in the book, I'm going to tell you about the coolest tech because the tech illustrates the principle. And the two big things you're going to learn here are about slope of the curve signaling, which saves you so much time, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And you're going to learn about harnessing the laziness principle. It's yeah. like, wait a minute, I saved time, which motivated me more than doing it the hard way. Yes. And all of exercise until now has been, well, I'm going to run from a tiger. I'm going to pick up rocks. I'm like, hold on, we can do better. We're going to concentrate the rocks into iron plates. Right. right? And I have nothing against weightlifting. I've, like I said, I went to the gym a whole bunch mm -hmm. and I don't mind flinging a kettlebell around. Yeah. I just know it's not a very effective way to build muscle compared to the other technologies that I write about in the book. Right. Effectiveness per minute. Yes. You go to upgrade labs, we have something called the cheat machine and it's wired in. We're getting data from all the different systems we use to put it together to, write, to build the right program for you. Mm -hmm. But this one, instead of fighting gravity, you're fighting against an AI system that knows what your muscles are doing and yeah. it makes the muscles feel safe enough to fully engage. But you pick up a dumbbell, your muscles and more to the point, the proprioceptors in your joints and in, in your body, these are the things that sense where your body is in space. Right. They go, oh man, if he wobbles a little bit, that kettlebell's or that dumbbell's gonna be heavier. And things get heavy when you toss them up, you catch it, it weighs more. Sure. We all know this. Well, your body knows that automatically, your operating system does. But when it wobbles against an AI system that doesn't wobble back, it's like, oh, I don't have to worry about gravity. Bring it on. Right. So if I use our AI system at Upgrade Labs, I can do a 1,600-pound belt squat. Yes. It destroyed my shoes. It didn't destroy my legs, though. Now, right. if you put 1,600 pounds on me with real weights, it would yep. destroy my legs or my spine. I yes. would be probably in a wheelchair or something, right? Yes. Okay. Could you maybe put on a lot more muscle? If you could do 1,600 pounds without getting injured, of course you do. Yeah. And you put on muscle three to five times faster. Yeah. So I go through things you can do at home that don't require you to buy a whole bunch of weights. And if you have weights, you can actually just use them more effectively. All I care about is that when you read Smarter Not Harder, when you're done, you just got like 45 minutes of your day back. Yes. Or more likely for, let's, let's be honest, most people listening don't go to the gym very often. They have memberships to feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. But remember, their operating systems, like mine, are lazy. Mm -hmm. So yeah. your human brains, I'm going to pay for the membership. And your operating system, that controls how much energy your human brain gets. It's like, sure, you're going to go to the gym. Why don't you just have the membership and feel good about yourself? That's why there's $400 million worth of unused, abandoned gym memberships. Mm. People are still paying yes, because they know they might need it. Yes. Okay, that's when the operating system wins. Yeah, and also I think that we, you know, we, we, we should talk about how if maybe you don't like to go to the gym, you know, we, we all pretend like we, sh we should like to go to the gym. I, I don't like we follow all these people online who are like, they love to go to the gym. They like, don't either for motivation to hope to love to go to the gym. I never enjoy going to the gym. I hate getting there. Worst of all, I love to leave. That's my favorite True. thing in the world True. is leaving the gym, getting it done. And what you're suggesting is, Hey, you hate the gym. So do I. In fact, most people do. And you should stop beating yourself up about yeah. it. How about I give you things to do that are like five to 10 minutes. You can get done right now and then get on with your day and, and they Stop pretending this, you like exercise. Yeah, they give you the same results. Yes. Right? And also, if you really like exercise, you're lying, unless you're addicted to endorphins. What you really like is nature, because you went for a ride, you went mountain biking, and you got to have nature. You really like being with your friends and going for a walk and hiking. Mm -hmm. You really like community aspects. Yep. That is totally true. Yeah. But there aren't that many people who just really, really want to do it, unless... 
there are some people who meditate when like when they're cycling like it's a chance for their minds to wander yes right and then they like meditation <laughs> they right. just use movement as a way to distract their meat operating system so they can do the deep work and yes. these are all valid they're all okay even while i like to play tennis that's not really exercise tennis is amusement mm. it's fun it's play and it's beautiful and you should keep doing that yes but it's not going to restore your vo2 max mm. <laughs> it doesn't do that right right, so right if you say well that was my exercise you're just deceiving yourself that was your play and it required your body to be in good enough shape to play yes what i'm talking about is just a few minutes mm -hmm. doesn't even have to be done every day and if you have five minutes you can get something that matters done most of us do not have an hour to go to the gym we're not going to drive there we're not going to do all that not on a regular basis mm -hmm. right but it most of us will do five minutes if we got an hour's worth of value out of it Yes. And that's where the laziness principle comes in. So you just got to own it. Your body doesn't want you to do stuff. It's okay. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that principle as it pertains to nutrition and how to eat. Because mm. there, there must be an easier way to eat too that doesn't stress us out, that doesn't freak us out, that doesn't like require lots of time. Is there a way to do that? You know, there is a way to do that. And it's to think about how you feel after you eat mm. so you don't need to eat more. Mm. Now, I've been I've been teaching this since the Bulletproof Diet came out. I mean, you've you've read it, and it, people have lost a couple million pounds on the Bulletproof Diet, and yeah. it, it was it kind of set in motion a lot of the the conversations about oxalates and lectins and and intermittent fasting and mm. cyclical and keto, and you know, it, it, yeah. it was. I, I like to think I just reread it as I was teaching a class, and I'm like, you yeah. know. I, I got to pat myself on the back. I, I think yeah. I got like it's still good. Ninety five percent of 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 like the next ten years after it. So, Great. anyway, in that book, it. it somewhat complex but the biggest thing that comes out of this is if you eat and then you're hungry in under four hours you ate wrong right so you start looking at a meal not from is it tasty because hey if you want to be tasty you just talk about and it's very cost effective yeah 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 <laughs> but how much energy and how full will i be after this meal mm -hmm. and if you eat for energy you'll find that it always also tastes good mm, yeah right so the simplest meal you can have is a piece of red meat which is the most satisfying with the most protein the most micronutrients mm -hmm. grass-fed red meat is far superior if you were to do that and have some sort of vegetable with it mm -hmm. whatever vegetables are compatible with you mm -hmm. um, or possibly even a starch that's compatible with you and not all veggies are as good as superfoods as the vegan community would tell you by the way i was a raw vegan i was a devout raw vegan uh, you know, I've, I've sprouted and mashed and blended and, you know, choked down kale, like, like the very best of us, mm -hmm. uh, but it just doesn't work very well. And I, I talk about that in the book. Mm. So what you want to do that's most effective is you want to focus on how do I avoid things that make me hungry? And I talk about one thing in particular in this book that's, that's missing from our conversation in biohacking. And it's called phytic acid. Hmm. And it, it was something I touched on in the Bulletproof Diet. But when you look at what, what can you do that makes everything more effective, these are the most leveraged actions you could ever do. The primary set of nutrients that we're missing right now is minerals. Mm. And minerals aren't sexy. Like yeah. magnesium is kind of sexy. We'll talk about that. It's hot, but yeah. the rest of them may be zinc because everyone heard about that during the pandemic. Yep. But other than that, it, it's kind of like a rounding error. Like, they're, they're just, they're not the cool kids. Yeah. But if you're deficient in minerals, none of the biohacks work very well. Mm. And the reason for this is that your mitochondria require a variety of different minerals just to make electricity. And if there's a shortage of one, it's sort of like, well, there's a, 
a CPU shortage for cars. So Tesla can't give you a car because you have this one component. So suddenly they're delivering a lot less cars. Your cells are the same way. Mm. So if you're deficient in copper, maybe because you took too much zinc over the last three years, yes, you're not going to be able to do things that your body wants to do. And even if you give it the signal using slope of the curve and you did everything right, like, why did I not get results? Mm. So minerals make everything you do, including thinking easier. Yeah. And I talk about macro minerals and then I talk about trace and ultra trace minerals. Mm. And that's why danger coffee, it's in front of you. What I'm doing different in that it is lab tested, mold free, it says mold free on the bag. You should always look for it to actually say mold free from any brand. Right. Um, some brands can change over time and like, you just got to make sure. Mm-hmm. And then you also want it at least for danger coffee you look at what's in there a ton of trace minerals you'd have to actually go out and buy a trace mineral supplement for 50 bucks or something to replace the minerals you're getting in there the reason i designed this and the reason it's called danger coffee is that when you have enough minerals in your body like your power goes back up to full levels and people drink it even without butter and mct like what just happened yeah well there's electrolytes in it that change how you absorb the coffee but yeah what's really interesting is the name danger is that there's two kinds of, of peace you can have in the world. One kind of peace, everyone is so exhausted and tired and controlled that you have peace because you just, you're so tired. You just, there's no choice. Right. The downtrodden peace. <laughs> and the other kind of peace is where everyone is really, really dangerous. Like who knows what they might do, mm. but they're so powerful. Like, you know what? I'm going to be nice. Yes. I'm going to be kind. Yes. And I believe after a lot of research on cellular biology, we are wired as a species to be supportive of each other, to be nice to each other and the world around us. Mm-hmm. So I want full power people because we choose peace. But if you try to make us do things like harm another person, we will say no because we have enough energy to say no. Mm-hmm. That's the most dangerous people on the planet. I only want to be around people who are highly dangerous, not because they're ninjas and can kill me. Yes. I want them because they're so dangerous that they can choose their state and stick to it no matter what you do to them. Yeah. Well, there's, there's this idea of the, of the, um, I'd rather be a, what is it? A guard. I'd rather be a gardener in a war. No, I'd rather be a warrior in peacetime than gardener, going to gardener in a war. I'd rather have the ability to hurt somebody and not than not have the ability yeah. to hurt somebody. And if you create a society of weak people because it's safe, mm-hmm. you've just created a lot of suffering, but you haven't created safety. And it's called danger coffee because that principle of resilience is mm-hmm. what I write about in the spiritual part of Smarter Not Harder. It's that there's three levels that the Buddhists talk about. And the first level of, of attainment is just empathy. Mm-hmm. I can feel someone else's pain. Now, if you're the guy who's like, you know, locking someone in their house and they need to get food and because if someone told you to, you're not expressing very much empathy there yes. because if you were doing your job, you'd have been like, Hey man, I left the back door open. Like go get some food. Right. And that's how it's supposed to be. That's, that's how people treat each other unless yes. they're completely zombified. Mm. So that would be empathy. Yep. The second one is compassion, which is why I don't have to take on your pain. I don't have to feel it, but I can wish you well. And I do it automatically. And mm-hmm. I do it even if you piss me off. Yes. Right. So this is a constant process of, I have compassion for everyone around me. Mm-hmm. You, you can still go out and be a warrior. You can do what you need to do, but you've got it. And that's another level of attainment. But the final level of attainment is called equanimity. And you and I would probably call that resilience. Mm. And what equanimity is, is the monk who can meditate in a storm. This is a guy who says, you know what? I'm going to choose my state and nothing on earth or inside of me can take me out of my chosen state. And that is the ultimate level of biohacking. I change my environment around me and inside of me to have control. Yes. And when we're in control of ourselves, we get to choose how we treat other people. We get to choose how we treat ourselves. And the voice in our head 
shuts the hell up. Yeah. I want to thank you because over the last few years, you've kept me sane um, with <laughs> what welcome. you've posted. You post the truth, your truth about what's going on. We've we've just, well, I want to thank you for multiple things, actually. Firstly, I want to thank you for, yes, keeping me sane, but you've made me realize that life, that I don't want to just live well. I want to live for longer and well. Ah, beautiful. Which is how I uh, I never really thought about it until I started until my ex-girlfriend put butter in my coffee and I asked her why and then I started looking you up and then I started eating steak again and um you look great really, by the way thanks very much yeah. thanks very much it really changed my life and then the last few years to have somebody out there speaking the truth about what's going on about the piss poor leadership that we've been receiving um we've been told to stay inside we've been told to keep away from our friends to stay away from community to be masked up whenever we're around people and it has created this a bunch of people who think that the way to live life is to stay in your own home, is to stay in your own shell and not to be adventurous and not to be dangerous. Whereas I think that danger and adventure are the things that color our existence. And without them, this isn't a life worth living. And then what you're doing by promoting adventure, danger, risk, which is what life is supposed to be. I just want to thank you for it. And then you went out and you made danger coffee which I just thought was like, yes, it is the time. We need danger. We need adventure. We need risk. So thank you. Yeah, you, are, you are so welcome. And it, it's not about taking inappropriate and stupid risks. Mm. It's about saying, you know what? Life that's worth living has a risk. Let's manage it. Let's be intelligent and let's be free. Mm. So if what makes you really happy is skiing at 60 miles an hour down a slope where you might hit a tree, you go and you do that. And if you hit a tree... It happens, but you knew it might happen. And that's, that's just a sacred thing. It's, it's an individual, right? Yeah. And if someone else is like, you know, I really want to grow a third testicle. <laughs> okay, man, that's your right. It, it's yeah. no more dangerous than skiing at 60 miles an hour. Yeah. So how dare any agency say that I'm not allowed to do that? I, by the way, that's not my goal. I, I want a fourth, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. it's your body, it's your life. Yes. If that's what matters to you. You have to be free to do that. And when someone steps in and says, I won't let you pursue what makes you happy for your own safety, that person is not your friend. In yes. fact, they are an enemy of mankind mm -hmm. and they're doing evil, whether they know it or not, it doesn't matter. And I, for the people who are telling us that we are not going to be allowed to eat meat and that we're going to eat bugs instead of meat, mm. it needs to be abundantly clear. Those politicians are made out of meat and I don't eat bugs. Right. <laughs> Are you, are, am I to take this as a threat towards politicians? Like, are you threatening that you would eat I No, I, they're bugs. That's why I wouldn't eat politicians. What was I? Oh, I see. You don't yeah, want to eat. Yeah, they, yeah, they are bugs. They're like insects, like in the way they think. You know, I'm not sure what, no, I, I, I'm, I'm very confused right now. I'm not sure what you're trying to imply. <laughs> uh I, I wanted to. By the uh, way, my, my PR person is PR like. person is like shaking her head. She, she's used to this, though. She must be used to this. Um, I am interested in what you have to say about breathing techniques. It's something that I've found myself doing recently. Um, but I want to know why they're important and I want to know what you do personally. All right. This is one of the more accessible hacks. And before I started writing about being a biohacker, um, I came across, actually, I was still in Silicon Valley, um, a guy named Gurudev Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. Mm. He has a giant center here in LA, seats a thousand people. I just interviewed him on my show. Mm. He's about 50 million followers wow. um, out of India. And 
I learned about this idea of breath work and I'm I don't know, it was probably before I was 30, Silicon Valley and this engineering friend, all the companies that work for are founded by people from India. And he's like, you should come to this, this thing. And I, and I go to like this community center and there's like white robes and candles and like an apple. And I'm like, this just isn't my vibe. Right. And maybe yeah. I was closed minded and arrogant. In fact, I was, I was just pretty young. Uh, and so I tried it and I was polite, but it just wasn't my thing. Mm. And then the next year, one of the Indian founders of the company, um, BV Jagdish, one of the best CEOs I've ever worked for. Uh, he, he's like, Hey, you know, I'm having you know, this guy over to teach us breathing. And it's, you know, one of the Intel executives houses and they changed their language in a way that I could hear it. And I was really grateful that that Guru Dev did that. So we did this breathing workout. Like, oh my God, I'm like feeling really different here. Mm. So I started for five years. Every morning I would do art of living exercises, which is about 15 minutes of breathing with your hands in three different positions. One is hands around your waist mm -hmm. and that forces you to breathe into your lower stomach. Mm -hmm. And then one is your hands under your armpits. You breathe into your upper lungs. And the other one is hands behind your head, which gets the, the back and the very upper lungs. Yeah. Wow. And so, and you do this at different rates and it, it was profound. It really changed my biology. So that was my intro to it. And then I went and I tried holotropic breathing, mm. which is a very profound way of tripping balls and, uh, you know, the most profound ball tripping. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was, that's our theme for the whole, yeah, the, balls. The whole episode. So what holotropic breathing is, is a way of breathing very deeply and rapidly, mm. kind of like you would with Wim Hof or some of the other Tibetan forms, but it was created by a guy named Stan Groff. Mm -hmm. Stan is the father of transpersonal psychology. He's when I last interviewed him, he was 94 and I put on a breathwork event with him. He's mm. about a hundred now. And he's one of the original masters in the late 1950s. He was a psychiatrist in Czechoslovakia back when it was called Czechoslovakia, not right. the Czech Republic. Right. And he was, he gave LSD to 3000 patients because he bought it from Sandoz pharmaceuticals. He's like, Hey guys, this works way better than Freudian talk therapy. Right. And when LSD was banned, probably because it worked too well, uh, then uh, he said, well, what am I going to do? And he and his wife invented holotropic breathing and like, I don't know, 10 or 20 million people have probably tried it. And it is a way I've seen past lives. You leave your body. I mean, you have deep, profound, like, like you would on a plant medicine type wow, of experiences. Wow. That's how powerful breath work is. Mm -hmm. And I write about breath work in Smarter Not Harder because we all know we should do something for our stress or for our brain. Mm -hmm. And that's something probably is meditation. Mm -hmm. So hurry, meditate faster is the thing mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> because totally. you have kids, you have a career, you have a community, yes. you have other stuff you wanted to do, like eat a ribeye, yeah. right? So the more time you meditate, the less time you do other stuff and that's okay. So I'm also going to be the guy who says, I don't like meditating. Yeah. Like, I don't like exercise. I don't like meditation. I'm a bad person. I'm just, right. I want to make that really clear. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. But I have spent six months of my life with the electrodes glued to my head meditating because the ROI in that was so much higher than the meditation I used to do just sitting and looking at a wall. Right. And I've been to monasteries for 10 days. I have learned in the Andes and the Himalayas, like I've done the meditation thing and it is valuable as all hell and you should do it. Yeah. Just if you could do it in less time, wouldn't it be better? Yeah. So that's, that's what's behind 40 years of Zen, my neurofeedback company. And it's what's behind upgrade labs because one of the interventions you can do in the time you save I took the tech from 40 years. We'll glue electrodes to your head and show your brain what it's doing so you can get there faster. Yeah. But you don't have to do that. The first step of more effective meditation is breathing. Yeah. 
and the yogis have known this for a long time. So you could go to a yoga class and do like a pranayama exercise. I don't go through all the different breath work things you could do. James mm-hmm. Nestor does a great job of that in his book, Breathe, very profound book. But what I recommend here is for most people for stress resilience is a very simple piece of knowledge. Mm-hmm. For years, we've all taught the block breath. Yep. And I'm guessing that you know about that and your listeners may know about that. But that is one where you breathe in for five seconds, hold for five seconds, top of the box, breathe out for five seconds. Mm-hmm. And then you hold your lungs empty for five seconds. Yes. Okay. That works. And it's what the special forces use to reset themselves. But what works probably equally well is just to make sure that your out breath is twice as long as your in breath. Mm. So you can just count if you're going to breathe in, say for 10 seconds. And then you can hold or not hold. But then when you breathe out, it's 20 seconds. And then bonus points if you hold your lungs empty after that. Yeah. The reason that works is the out breath is what calms the body and puts it in parasympathetic. Yes. And the reason you hold your breath when it's empty is that that meat operating system, it's so stupid and untrained. Mm. It is absolutely convinced that if you get in a cold shower, you're going to die and it makes you get out. Yes. It is absolutely convinced that if you hold your lungs with no air in them, that you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Well, when they were filming Avatar, one of the actresses swam underwater for seven and a half minutes while acting. Yeah. She didn't die. Yeah. Maybe your meat operating system is full of shit. Yeah. But it sure feels like you're going to die when you hold your lungs empty. So what you do is you learn over time, breathe out and just hold. Yes. And you can do it for a long time. Yeah. I'm not going to waste people's time by doing it forever long. I can, (laughs) but what, what it, what happens is when you learn to do that, without a fear response, mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, look, my body's really asking for you. All right. It, it's got a while longer. It's like the, the little yellow button comes on, on your car that says, you know, service engine soon. Yeah. I'm going to die. Slam the brakes on, pull over. Yeah. Or like, you know, I'm going to drive for a while longer. I'll get to the thing when I can, there's no smoke coming out. Well, you start looking at the fear that comes from your meat operating system as notifications of systems, but not as disasters. If it's really a disaster, you'll know it. It's yeah. just, our bodies are looking around in that third of a second before we get to see reality. And mm-hmm. they're like, does that look like danger? I remember that one time when I was seven and I felt that way. My mother-in-law's making me feel that way. So they send you a danger signal and then you're like, fuck you, mother-in-law. And you're like, oh my God, what did I just say? I'm so sorry. I don't even know where that came from. Yes, yes. How much of human behavior is driven by that? Yeah. Like we would never consciously choose to be unkind to another person that way. But some part of you did that. I'm just going to tell you, it wasn't actually a part of you that did that. It was your meat operating system. It's a separate consciousness that just doesn't want you to eat my tigers. And it thought your mother-in-law was a tiger. Yeah. Right. And I'm just using that as an example. It can be anyone, the guy who cuts you off in traffic, it could be your boss. Mm -hmm. Right. So you just have to learn to question that. And breath work, interestingly, really works because it can change the state of your brain with that longer out breath. But it also, when you start pressing the edges of what you can do, it teaches you to just notice the alert on your car engine instead of just losing your mind over it. Yeah. I think I understand the meat operating system now a little bit better. I, I'm still working on understanding all of it. Yeah, I think right. it's complex, but I'm a computer hacker by training and we are hacking right. it just to be really clear. It has signaling mechanisms in mm-hmm. inside itself mm-hmm. and has, it has mm-hmm. signaling mechanisms from outside of you. And when you do the red light therapy, like the true light glasses and all I've seen you wear, mm-hmm. what's going on there is, the signal that goes in to your eyes is five different things. 
there's several colors that signal that it's daytime and it's not just blue. So blue blockers don't work at night mm-hmm. and they're too much during the day. Mm. And that's why I use the true light lenses because what your body is looking for is these multiple colors of light. They're also looking at the intensity of the light mm-hmm. and the angle of the light. Mm. So if you have a bright white light right above you in the kitchen mm-hmm. at night when you're making dinner and it's already dark outside, that's hacking your body in the wrong way. Yes. If you were to have a task light down low at a different angle and it was just bright enough but not too bright and maybe a little bit more amber and a little bit less LED blue, mm-hmm you've completely changed the signal going into your operating system. Yeah, wow. You might say, I didn't notice a difference, Dave. You don't have to notice it. Just track your sleep. Yes. Right? And that's why the operating system is so much fun to hack because oftentimes you won't feel it right away. Yeah. But what you're doing is you're training it to behave like you train a dog. You know, you can sit there with a piece of popcorn on your nose and not eat the popcorn for five minutes until your owner says bark and then you get to eat the popcorn. Well, your operating system is not as well trained as that dog. If you're like most people and for the last 20 years, I just realized I had, I didn't even understand mine. I had a terribly misbehaved thing and I was kind of a jerk, a fat jerk. Right. So I had to do something about that. Yeah. Wow. 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 Um, I want to hear about your morning routine. I'm obsessed with morning routines. I just love it, but I'd love to hear about particularly because you travel so much. Let's just say you're traveling like you are right now. Yep. Like you don't have a lot of time. You're in a hotel. It's not your, you know, native environment. So what do you do when you're away from home? Well, when I, before I go to bed, one of my favorite hacks of all is you open the closet and you get one of those uh, clothes hangers with the clippies for your pants. Mm-hmm. And then you go over to the curtains and you clip them together. So no, no light comes in through them. Yeah. Perfect. So every hotel room comes with a way to clip the curtains so they don't shine right in your face. Yes. And then because I'm tall, I travel with a little roll of electrical tape and then I stand on the bed and I find that stupid freaking smoke alarm with the green light that blinks all night long and destroys your sleep quality yep. and I put tape over it and I leave it there for the next guest. Amazing. So if you're a maid and you notice the like black tape in a hotel that you can't reach, I'm sorry, but not sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and whoever designs those, like if you're listening to this show, screw you, buddy. Screw you. Okay. <laughs> all right. So um, I take care of my sleep environment ahead of time. Mm. Uh, sometimes I roll up a towel and put it underneath the door because all the light's coming in through the door. Yep. I lower the temperature. And that makes a really big difference. Yes. Um, I also, if I'm going to stay somewhere for a while, um, it's hard to get enough water and to get clean water. If mm. I'm traveling 50% of my life, I'm going to, am I going to drink plastic bottle water every single night and pay $9 a bottle for it from the hotels I'm in? Yeah. And for my body size and my hydration levels, I would probably spend 40 to $50 a day on water. Yeah. If I was just to drink hotel water, it wouldn't even be that good. So I use Instacart. And I have a case of San Pellegrino or another like a mountain valley. Mountain valley yeah. yeah. I like mountain valley uh, when I can get it. It's not always available. Right. Uh, but I have that just delivered to my hotel. And the worst thing that might happen is I might leave two bottles for the housekeepers. Yeah. Right? It's okay. And it only costs three bucks a bottle when I do it that way versus $12 for crap water at the hotel. So I'm yes. hydrated. I have my electrolytes. I travel with all the supplements I need. I have little baggies. I make up actually they're large baggies. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, bet. I actually bet. forgot to take them this morning. Crap. That uh, means I'm only running on one smart drug. I wonder I'm so slow. <laughs> You're uh, not on modafinil still, are you? Uh, actually, I took one this morning. Okay, cool. Uh, I, I went off it for like six years, but yeah. lately I've just been enjoying like 50 milligrams, so kind of a microdose. It's, it's okay. half of the smallest dose they make, and it, I think it just brings blood flow to the right level for me. Yeah, right. Uh, that's the only one I'm on right now, not even aniracetam, which I take almost every day. Wow. 
um, aniracetam in influences memory IO, ability to get things in and out of memory more smoothly and quickly. Okay, and is there any issue with that? Like, do you need to take a reparative supplement on top of that to make it to, to help yourself at all? Or? Not with aniracetam, not with my brain. Mm. Uh, some people, maybe older people, might need to take a source of choline or mm. acetylcholine, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I actually don't. Uh, when I take acetylcholine, uh, it gives me a headache. And this okay. is just a little quick aside. Um, my largest audience is, I, uh, is like the 24 to 34. I imagine you got a bunch of people at that age as well. I'm 55% women, 45% men, but a lot of them are interested in cognitive enhancers. Mm. If you raise acetylcholine and you have a brain in that age range, you probably already have enough. And if you raise it, you get jaw tension and a headache. So if you're taking nootropics and you get that back off a little bit or find ones that don't have alpha GPC, mm. like, uh, like alpha brain has a bunch of that stuff that actually stops acetylcholine from breaking down and then they add more. And for a young brain, I think that can be too much. But for an older brain where acetylcholine levels are lower, you might want to do something that has alpha GPC or other forms of choline in it. So I tuned my brain for all that stuff. Got and fortunately, I'm like friends with the original guy who wrote Smart Drug News on a printed newsletter in the 80s, Steve Folks. And so I've just learned over time my stack. Yeah, uh, I, I really like... Um, qualia from neurohacker yep. uh, their qualia mind is a very broad spectrum uh, nootropic mm -hmm. and uh, my my go-to is like if you just have nothing else in the morning when i travel especially i'm traveling internationally crossing lots of time zones it's the glasses mm. i also have a true light 14 inch very thin panel that has four times the light per led and i'll put it over my gut when i go to sleep wow uh, it's very lightweight for travel, mm -hmm. um, and that's shoptruelight.com. Mm -hmm. And this is a company I started. It's in one of the original light therapy companies, just yeah. disclosing for your audience. The square I put on my balls. Oh, oh so you're using one of those? Yeah, yeah. Got it. Yep. I, I, I don't know if I should be using mine anymore because there might be like a transference. I, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want to have a bacterial problem. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. So they... Uh, uh, so I, I do that, uh, and actually, I put it over my abdomen and my junk, mm. because one of the side effects of that spectrum of light is it increases nitric oxide. Mm. So you will notice, if you use red light therapy when you go to sleep, um, over your basically your lower abs and your equipment, mm -hmm. uh, that you when you wake up the next morning, that is a, a hell of a kickstand. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Which is, which is uh, from what I've heard recently, somebody was saying, and I forget who was saying that, you know, if you are waking up as a man and you don't have a heart on, you should be worried. I think that might be overstated. Right. Uh, it, it doesn't mean you should be worried, but it means you want to know why. Yes. Right. And maybe it's because you're just not having a lot of sexual energy in your life right now. And there's good right. reason for that because you're putting energy elsewhere. Yep. Maybe you just had kids and your testosterone levels plummeted. Yes. And right after you have a baby, you really have much lower testosterone for the first year because it makes you less aggressive. Like Mother mm -hmm. Nature is hacking your operating system all the time. With right. That. In fact, the smell of babies lowers testosterone. Right. Yeah. Right. Mine must be at a, a low then. I've got a two-month-old. Yeah. He's crushing my sleep. Mm -hmm. I'm in love with him and very protective of both my kids right now. Yeah. Like just, yeah. just as it should be. Yeah. Right. But if, you know, if that happens, you didn't get a lot of sleep last night, you had a really stressful day. Cortisol levels can interfere with it. Mm -hmm. But if it's a regular occurrence, then get your advanced sex hormone panel and see if it's a testosterone issue. We know that right now, testosterone levels on average are half of what they were supposed to be from just a generation ago. Yeah. Uh, that means that if you're 30 right now, you probably have your grandfather's testosterone levels when he was 30. Yeah. And that's a, like a species-wide emergency. Yes. And all these climate people um, are saying it's the, you know, we have to worry about CO2. 
Meanwhile, those are the same companies that are spraying glyphosate and atrazine. Atrazine at a level one-third of the allowable levels in your water makes salamanders into hermaphrodites. Wow. So, yes, we have an environmental problem. It is chemical pollution and, and these things that disrupt our hormones and things that persist in the environment. And that is a level 10 emergency for the species. Yes. Meanwhile, they're like, no, 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 don't worry about that. Mm. We want you to think about like a level three problem that's going to really affect us over the next 60 to 100 years when you'll be dead. But right now, eat some bugs and stop driving. Yes. And, I, and I'm like, take your atrazine and you go huff that shit because I'm not. Yes, yes. Well, I, but it, you know, it's part of a bigger problem with testosterone thing is a fertility issue too. And we're seeing that across the world. South Korea has like one of the lowest fertility rates, Italy as well. Uh, I've seen that the, the population or the amount of new babies in China has plunged by like 45% in the last oh, few yeah. years. And, and you know, my very first biohacking book was called The Better Baby Book. Mm. It was about fertility. So how to have a smarter, healthier baby. Because my wife at the time was infertile when I met her. We mm. ended up having our kids at 39 and 42 with oh. no IVF and no drug assistance just from the manipulations in that book. Mm. And to this day, she's a fertility coach for like global couples. Wow. She has a few clients at a time and she helps people who aren't supposed to get pregnant get pregnant or people yeah. who get pregnant have like super healthy babies. Like what just happened there? Yeah. This is possible for all of us. But if you're walking around going, I don't wake up with a kickstand. Well, Duh, look at your testosterone, because yep. that's why. Mm. And here's why it's dangerous, and not in the good way. <laughs> it's dangerous because testosterone is not just about sex. Mm. It's not just about muscle. Testosterone is the hormone of desire. And it's desire for sex. It's desire to do something that matters. It's desire to help the little old lady across the street. It's desire to stand up and protect the people in your family. Yes. It's desire to start a company yeah. to do something that matters. And if you have low testosterone because of environmental pollutants, you don't have desire. And then it's perfectly okay to sit in grandma's basement and play video games all day on welfare. Yes. Just back to what you were saying on atrazine, because I've been telling people this and it's only a conspiracy for me because I don't know that it's true. But I've been telling people, stop drinking tap water. I've been saying that for 25 years. Right, I know. I, I, you I'm have just, to be I, dumb to drink tap water. Right, I just, but I, what you were just saying about atrazine is kind of like just saying what I've been thinking. I'm like, it, it, there, there has to be some common denominator within all of this, the, these problems. Atrazine is one. Another one is uh, birth control pills. Right. There's so much birth control right now that those pills are in the water. They don't filter it out before you drink it. Mm, mm. And that's a problem, but it's not like the full dose, obviously. Mm -hmm. But this is something I've talked about on my show with two different environmental evolutionary uh, biologists and actually several hormone experts. It's a theory that I came up with. So this is you know original Dave stuff. So mm -hmm. I can't tell you that I have papers behind it, but there are papers that point to this being true. And it is that when men are around fertile women who ovulate, mm. we pretty much will walk through walls. And we do it because our meat operating system is like, hey. Yes. Right? Yeah. And I'm serious. We will start wars. In Helen of Troy, like right. we will build great empires because women ovulate. It, yes. it, we, it, we, we can't help it. It's, it's in our bones. It's in our meat operating system. Mm -hmm. Right? And the way the meat operating system translates that is like, it's like a hell yeah. And it's not a hell yeah, I'm going to go have sex, although that can be part of it. It's like a hell yeah, like I'm going to go do something that matters. Right. And, and this is a major part of being a man. Yeah. Well, 85% of women are on chemical hormonal birth control at some time in their life, which removes ovulation, which removes pheromones, 
which makes men play video games in grandma's basement. Yes. And since chemical hormonal birth control is a crime against women, birth control is necessary for women. Just the chemical stuff that harms them and increases their risk of all kinds of diseases without telling them that so they can be better workers. I'm not okay with that. Yes. And every woman um, who's been in my life as a partner who was on the pill it's like, can we talk about this? Like, even, I don't want to have babies with you, but you are harming yourself and I care about you. Yes. And so I want you to find a way, you know, I'll work with you on this so yeah. that we can make sure you don't get pregnant and make sure that you don't harm yourself permanently because you're taking these pills that, that hurt you. Yeah. I think that these pills are not just hurting women, they're hurting men. Mm. Yeah. Well, they're not getting the motivation that they need to go and be men. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's funny. I'm having Ricky Lake on in a few days and we're talking about her movie called The Business of Birth Control, which goes into oh, this very thing. It totally does. I met Ricky at Burning Man years ago, just oh, wow. randomly sat down next to her at a camp and we got to be friends and she came on. Uh, geez, that's like five years ago. Yeah. I, I came on my show. And she she just did an about face in her career. Like this could be a fun interview. Cause you know, she's like, I'm a talk show host yes. with like, you know, throwing chairs and all this crap. And all yeah. of a sudden she's doing this like birthing and birth control yes. and like cannabis, but in like the, the medical sense, not mm -hmm. the, you know, we're all stoned. Yeah. I'm like, talk about an impressive woman. I, 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 I like her. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm looking forward to chatting with her. I, uh, I have a game here for you. Oh, nice. It's called Zaddy quick. And, sounds, um, sounds kind of dirty. It is a little bit dirty. I'm just going to say something, and you have to say the first thing that pops into your head after I do. Nice. Balls. Balls. <laughs> I said it first. Okay, fine. But I'm saying it is you. Okay, butthole sunning. Uh, New York Post. <laughs> oh. Is it because I did an article on you and your butthole sunning? Absolutely. That was from because oh. like biohacker bro burns butt or something in the headline. It was one of the best headlines ever. It still makes me laugh to this day because the whole thing was a joke. I was making fun of butthole sunning. Right, right, and, right. Yeah, so Yes, exactly. Okay. Hyperbaric chamber. Awesome. Justin Trudeau. Who? Not a fan. Oh, the former leader of Canada, that guy? He, the former leader? Did he die? No, he just lost leadership in the middle of the, the trucker thing, and he's just not the leader of Canada. He, yeah. he still pretends like he is, but he's not. Yeah, I cannot stand him. Sunscreen. Motor oil. Hmm. Gains wave. Sproing. Yeah, nice. AirPods. Dumbass. Hmm. Penis pumps. What's the first thought that comes into mind? See, that's a hard one. Balls. <laughs> no, no, get it. That's a hard one. Like that, uh, <laughs> that was like way, a dad joke. By the I way, win. I was going to say about your your book, Smarter Not Harder. Just wanted to make sure it's not a it's not a book about sex. Is it? The, the harder not deeper title was was put down from the from the publisher. I'm sorry. Wow! 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 <laughs> Uh, did I really just make you say wow, wow, wow on your own show? Okay, yeah. Th this was well, actually my goal for you, the whole day. I didn't yeah, think you I was did achieve that. Yeah, goal. you've done it a few times. <laughs> Canola oil. Motor oil. Yes. Wow. That's two motor oils. I think I have that on my mind. Tofu. Gross. Mm. Ketamine. Sparkly. Mm. Are you into it? Or? I like ketamine. Yeah. For it's, it's, I call it the forgiveness drug. It's very easy to process trauma on ketamine. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Speaking of MDMA. Fun. Yeah. 
I think that's less for trauma resolution in my experience, but more for petting people. I just don't know. Yes, it's it's great for heavy petting and soft petting. Yeah. All kinds of petting. <laughs> um, Dave, how can we keep in contact with you? And more importantly, how can we buy your book, Smarter Not Harder? Uh, well, everyone listening knows how to buy books anywhere you like to buy them. Support an indie bookstore while we still have them. Mm-hmm. Go to DaveAsprey.com to get a list of all the cool stuff dangercoffee.com for coffee yeah and if you liked that idea of opening and upgrade labs in your neighborhood own and upgrade labs.com amazing dave thanks so much for coming on the zaddy zone if you've enjoyed this episode of the zaddy zone i encourage you to subscribe and rate our podcast five stars and if you feel so generous please write a review say how much you loved it Um, I only want to provide value to you and I hope you're feeling some value by listening to it. We're not asking for any money. Just a nice old rate, review, subscribe. XOXO. Zaddy.